0: Welcome home. Happy Easter. Easter. All right. All right. That sounds good. My name's Tom. You look so good. You just do. You do. Uh, John chapter 20, that's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, If you have a Bible, uh, open it to John chapter 20. Um, If you don't, there may be one under the seat in front of you. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible at home and you'd, you'd like one, Take that one with you. It's yours to keep. Uh, It's even better than having Walmart open until midnight. Uh, Take it home. It will change your life, okay? Uh, So that's yours if you want it. Uh, Before we dive in, there are two things uh, that have become a little bit of a tradition here, two things we do every Easter. The first is that I unveil for you my traditional Easter shirt. Um, Yeah, Oh, you parents, some of you real strict. He's going to take off his clothes. And look at him. That won't be nice. Oh, No, this is... Uh, yeah. Um, thank you. Check out the cuffs. Like, that, doesn't that just complete the look? Um, it's a big deal for me. Where else you wear it? Right, well, well, Joe, interestingly enough... Uh, My wife and my daughter kind of think the same thing, so um, 364 days a year, there is a double-secret vault somewhere where this shirt is hidden, and I'm allowed to wear it once a year, and, you know, I think, I think that this shirt is about life, and you say, how can that be when I wouldn't be caught dead wearing it? Uh, Well, it's because... It is exploding in every color, with every emotion, with all the energy in the resurrection celebration of life. And that's what I hope all of our hearts are doing in this service as we leave, that, 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 that there'll be a new normal, okay? <laughs> that we won't be living Friday lives, amen, with the video, that we will live in the light of the resurrection, that we will live Sunday, every day. Uh, okay, the second thing I do every Easter is ask a question, which is, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And I ask that because I haven't seen a lot of you since then, and I thought we'd just pick up where we left off. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, really, I'm glad you're here, I'm not bitter, I'm not. No, it, that, okay, you're, you're killing me here, Um. <laughs> It ties to the message. I'm not trying to be cruel. I love you. Um, I'm glad lots of people come to church at Easter. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. If you're a CE, you're a Christmas and Easter kind of person, it's great that you're here. We love that you're here because Easter is not just for passionate, sold-out followers of Jesus Christ. Easter is for doubters. Easter is for skeptics. Easter is for people who are on the fence who believe a little bit, but not to the point where they're gonna shove all their chips into the middle of the table on this Jesus thing. We love you. If that's you, you are welcome here. Some churches would say, you know, you get these questions answered. You get cool with Jesus, and then you can be cool with us. No, What better place to come with questions and doubts than to a place where we look into his word, examine his claims, and experience him, or try to, through the power of the Holy Spirit every Sunday. So you're welcome here. And we have lots of people who come here every week who just are not quite sure about this Jesus thing. And and we love them because none of us have arrived, you know? We're all all growing and moving in that direction. Um, And you're very welcome here and there are lots of people who come at Easter and maybe aren't so locked in the rest of the year and that's okay i mean for us to be honest with that because part of us the reason we find ourselves in places where we don't normally go at these times is because there's a part of us however small however hidden that that believes there's a part of us that either believes or, or wants to that everything that Jesus said about what he came to do and what we celebrate is true. And even if that's just a tiny bit, let's celebrate that. We're going to be looking at a guy, um, one of Jesus' friends, one of his boys, who was not fully convinced. He wasn't. He wasn't fully convinced. His name was Thomas, and I'm particularly fond of him for some reason. Um, let's, uh, oh, don't moan and groan. I, I'm transparent with you. My name's in the Bible. Jers. Okay. We Okay. Let's pray. We'll dive in. Dear Lord, what a beautiful day. What a wonderful day. But, but Lord, pieces of us, maybe... For some of us, most of us is still living on Friday or somewhere in between. And Lord, you are offering us resurrection life. You are offering us the ability, the opportunity through your Holy Spirit to rise with you. And while that's easy for me to say, Lord, that's something that we mention a lot. It's not necessarily something we experience a lot, but it is your desire that all of us would get there. So, Lord, this morning, I would pray against every spirit, every intention, every doubt, every concern that would keep us from getting there. And, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would overwhelm us with your incredible grace, with your incredible love, with your beauty. Um, and, Lord, that you would leave us changed people living a resurrection life. We love you. Thank you for rising in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, The setup, you saw it in the video. Many of you are familiar with it. Jesus claiming to be God, claiming to be the Son of God. He's going to the cross in our place as our substitute for our sins. And he claims that on the third day, he's going to rise again for our salvation. Now, he has been arrested in the last... uh, hours right before friday he's been arrested he's gone to trial unjustly condemned he's been whipped to ribbons beaten to a pulp nailed to a cross between thieves and he dies he has a spear run through him he goes cold i mean his heart stops beating they, they you know they 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 call in csi it's over He is buried in a borrowed tomb, and this huge rock is rolled in front of it. And a guard is placed by the chief priests because the chief priests are afraid that his followers are going to steal the body and claim that he has risen, and they're having none of that. So here's where it is the apostles are crushed. Everything that they had hoped for is dashed. Everything that they had hoped for, Jesus was God he was gonna defeat Satan, sin, death for them, for the world, forever, it's gone. Okay, that's Friday. Everything they had prayed for, that he was going to establish a new kingdom that is different from this one, that is free from the fractured and broken fall of our lives and our world and invite us into this kingdom, that's gone. Everything that they had given their lives to that he was their savior, that he was going to achieve what only God could achieve, only God could accomplish all the things he promised, and if he dies like everybody else, it's over. He's not God. That's why Easter is so important. John 20, we'll pick it up in verse 24. Let's go. So some of the apostles are still living on Friday, and some of them have have moved to Sunday, right? The resurrection life. We're going to see it right here. Verse 24. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin. Let's stop there. Okay, we'll read the whole verse, but you know where we're going. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, first part of the, first part of the uh, verse, we meet Thomas. What's his nickname? The twin. I've underlined it. I had Ryan underline it for you. This is real easy. What's his nickname? The twin. Say it again for me. The twin. Like you mean it. The twin. That's his nickname. We have a problem. God's word has said his nickname is the twin. We don't believe this verse apparently because since then we have chosen to change his nickname to what? Doubting Thomas, because we're going to label him with like one of the worst days of his life. Is that fair? I ask you. He was a twin, by golly. That's what they called him, not Doubting Thomas. Maybe it's not right that we get labeled with our worst days, right? I'm in middle school, I'm in New York, I'm on the playground, one pigeon comes along, poops on your shoulder, and for the rest of your life, you're birdbath, not birdgraf. That's wrong. You don't label people with the worst times of their life. I'm not bitter. I've forgiven all of these people. I had to move out of the state to shake that one. Thomas, maybe you've been labeled. Maybe you've labeled yourself by some of the worst times in your life. Jesus isn't about that. This is your day to be free of that. That's part of what moving from Friday to Sunday is all about. Second part of the verse, Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. Now, where are they? The apostles jesus boys the the closest friends they 're in a secret room with the door locked where where people can 't find them. maybe they got this shirt there i don 't know um, they are hiding, hiding away. the Bible tells us because they 're afraid of the jews we 're going to get that in a, in a minute, but they're they 're behind the door it 's locked earlier in that day, Jesus had appeared to them he had come through the locked door and was in their midst and poor Thomas was not there. He was not there. And some of you can relate to it. Jesus shows up, God shows up and your friends get it. They see it. They experience it and something happens. Even if you were there, you weren't there. Do you know what I mean? He missed it. When God came to the house, He was not home. And and some of us go through life, whether we go to church or or go to Bible study or ignore God or just stay in spiritual. We just know what it means to feel like somebody, somebody got it. And I don't know where I was, but I wasn't there. That's Thomas. That's Thomas. But that's about to change for him. It's about to change for you. Verse 25. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, look, unless I see his hands, on his hands the mark of the nails and put my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, before, this is how we got his reputation, okay? Before we go there, we need to understand this is not, the sum total of who Thomas was. Thomas was a bold guy. He was willing to risk it all. Here's why. See, he loved Jesus. He did. In John chapter 11, yeah, when Jesus hears about one of his best friends, Lazarus, who lives far away, that he's dying, he lives in Judea, okay? Bad neighborhood for Jesus. Really bad neighborhood. Because the last time he was there, they tried to stone him. So all the apostles are going, uh, Jesus, have a good time at the funeral. Have a good time visiting your friend. Thomas is, you know what he says? John eleven sixteen. 16, Thomas said, let us also go that we may die with him. If he's gonna go there and die, he ain't dying alone. I love this guy. I'm going, I'm going with him. You see tough old Peter saying, oh yeah, let's go. I'll be the first one to get hit with a rock. No, it was Thomas. So maybe, maybe his love was so strong that he comes to this and he's not going to borrow his friend's faith. This secondhand thing just doesn't sit with him. He takes his doubts seriously and that's okay. So if you have doubts, if you have questions, take them seriously because everybody who is a follower of Jesus Christ here would tell you that it was the day that they started to take their questions and their doubts seriously when they were confronted with the person and truth and presence of Jesus Christ. Then they took their faith very seriously. And he took it seriously. And and he's somebody we can relate to, isn't he? I mean, some people... Some people look at the Bible as that this is full of people who are heroes and supernatural people who who with capes flapping in the wind. No, this Bible is full of jacked up idiots like me who, who are confronted with the risen Jesus and given an opportunity through his grace to live a new life to be the people, the men, the women, the children that he created them to be. The only real hero in this book is Jesus Christ. The rest of the people, including us, are all broken, and he's fixing them. He's creating a new humanity, a new creation, and he's inviting you and me and all of us to enter into that resurrection life right now, become part of that grow in that and at the end of our lives our lives are not swallowed up in death but swallowed up in life that's the opposite he threw it all in reverse you enter into life you rise with me you grow in life you're swallowed up in life that's why we're here that's why we're in the bible that's why we're praying that's why we're praising because we've experienced this life we want more of it and he's setting us free from all the things that keep us from that That's the message of the cross. That's the message of the empty tomb. I'm giving you the end before the middle. I apologize. Here we go. His friends tell him, his friends tell him, take our word for it. He said, something as important as my heart, as my soul, as my eternal destiny. I got it. I got to know for me. I've been burned. I loved him. And now he's gone. And before, some of you know what it means to be burned by love. Someone promised a lot to you and did deliver. For some of you, that person you believe is God. You believe he hasn't lived up to his end of the bargain I'm glad you're here. Some of you have friends that follow Jesus. They told you he's alive. He lives inside them, and by virtue of that, you're supposed to believe. You're thinking I need to know. I need to know for myself. Verse 26. 8 days later. 8 days later his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Eight days later. Eight days later. Why? Because Jesus wanted Thomas to know that part of him still believed. More than a week goes by, he's still there. Eight days later, he's still at the Easter service, if you will. Eight years later, you're still here. You're still here because there's a peace, however quiet, however hidden, that longs to believe. His disciples were inside again, locked room. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. They were there because they were afraid. This would freak me out, okay? Uh, you're behind a locked door and Jesus comes in. He's not picking the lock. They don't hear this and then the door opens. He just comes in. It would, it would scar me. I was a child, I, used to, I have a family in San Diego and, and cousins who apparently hate me. Um, every time, uh, two guys, two boys and a girl, uh, every time I was in the shower, they would come in through the locked door and, and just stand there and, and, and the curtain would go and it would freak me out. All right. I think they were a little freaked out. Jesus comes through the locked door for fear They're there because of fear, what what people would do to them. The lock didn't stop him. We're going to talk about the lock a little bit later. And what does he say? Peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom this is more than just a kind of casual peace. This is the deepest, most holistic peace that there could ever be. This is God-infused peace, no worry, no anxiety, no burden, all joy, all confidence that I have it all in control. You're right where I want you. That peace be with you. Now, um, those of you who grew up in a house like I did, that's a little weird okay? Jesus comes to the people who abandoned him at the time when he really needed them. Peter denies him, and he comes, and he says, peace be with you. Um, if I was there, if some of you were there, uh, you might have been expecting, uh, like your mom, to come through the door and break a wooden spoon over your tush, okay? Now, I, I realize it's like politically incorrect, and if you're, if you're younger than I am and you're a parent, you're probably giving timeouts, right? I had a timeout, a timeout while she could find another spoon, you know, a timeout before I could sit. But he says, he's not angry. He says, you treated me like like your enemy. He treated me like you were embarrassed to me. You were treating me like you didn't know me, but peace be with you. I love you. I've won, and you're part of it. And he comes in and he says, peace be with you. And then in verse 27, he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, put your hand here, place it in my side, don't disbelieve, but believe. Hey, Thomas, you know he's gotta be like, you weren't here, you heard me. You weren't here, you knew. You knew what it would take for me to believe and my believing was important enough for you to come back for me. In a way that I could understand it, in a way that I could experience it, in a way that I could grasp. And this morning, Jesus is speaking to some of you in a way that finally you understand, that finally you can see that he has risen, that he loves you, that he's calling you to enter into this resurrected life, to believe, to let that go, to let those locks open and let him come through and say, don't disbelieve anymore. Let go of that skepticism. It's time to believe. You're missing out on the life that I rose to give you. That's what he says to Thomas. That happened to me. Um, I was 16. Uh, I lived in Louisiana. And I was a church kid. Yeah? And um, I grew up Catholic. I was like the uber-Catholic. I was good. I trained the altar boys. Yeah. You're glad you know me now, aren't you? I was hot stuff. Um, And I hung around church a lot because I sensed that there was something real about it. And I thought that being there um, would make God happy with me and accept me or at least not be as mad at me as he had reason to be. And then some friends said, make sure you're not missing it. I said, missing what? Missing Jesus in all of the religion, in all of the activity, in all of the attendance. Make sure you're not missing him. And I knew, I knew. As soon as they said that, I was. But I couldn't just take their word for it. I had to come And hear his voice to me saying, I'm coming through your locked door. Do you want me? Do you want to move from knowing about me to knowing me? Do you want to go from living a Friday life to the Sunday life? Do you want to rise? Not when you die. Right? And I said, yes. Yes, I do. And from that moment on, he took over. And I've fought him every step of the way, just about. Oh, I am so jacked up, more than I want to admit. But you know what? He's changing me to be more like him every day. I have a life inside me that is not my own. And now if I have one more breath in my body, I want to tell people how crazy in love Jesus is with them. Because that's what he's doing. See, that can be you. That we enter into this resurrection life right now. That we walk together We grow in this resurrection life, leaving behind the old life with all of its brokenness and jacked upness and sin and broken relationships and broken dreams. And then toward the end of our life, we're swallowed up in that life. We get a new body like he had. So we do rise. We are rising and we will rise. This thing about Easter being a one-off someday in the future, if Easter ain't real now, then just go buy more eggs because that's all it is. And it all comes to a crescendo right here, verse 28. And Thomas answered him. Thomas answered him. His voice is probably shaking. All the hopes that he had put on the shelf, that he had crumpled up and said, it's over. All of them are welling up, but now they're real. It's it's sight. His faith has been made sight. He can see it. He sees it all. He sees the life. He sees the freedom. He sees the forgiveness. He sees the kingdom. He sees the glory, and it's all in the face of his Savior. And he falls at his feet, and he says, My Lord and my God. You got it all my chips, all my life, all my hopes, all my future, everything I've ever wanted to be, everything I ever dreamed of be it's in your hands. I'm betting it all on you. If Jesus has risen, Thomas shows us that he is worthy of our entire life. Jesus, Thomas comes and says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, oh, don't be silly. Don't call me that. No. He doesn't say that because he isn't just a great teacher. He's not just an enlightened soul. He's not just a God spirit, one of many. He is God in the flesh God risen, God eternal, God almighty, God our savior, God our hero, God the lover of our souls who took our place in our darkest times so that he could credit to us his righteousness and we could be free in him. And we don't try to follow him and love him and serve him so that we can be accepted. We follow and love and serve him because we are accepted and we don't deserve it and we're just giddy and grateful. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. He says, my Lord and my God, and that's all he needs to say. And the awesomeness of what happens there is doubting Thomas becomes faithful, believing, Christ-honoring, Christ-following Thomas, who history tells us will become a missionary to India, going farther than any of the apostles geographically and being killed because he would not deny Jesus Christ. He was changed. His old life melted away in the light of the resurrection. And he experienced it not just by seeing, but by Jesus entering into him and rising within him. So he was raised. He is going to be raised throughout his life. And at the culmination of his life, he will be raised again. He was saved. He is being saved. He will be saved. Do you see? It's a continuum of Jesus' love and Jesus' grace. And and Jesus' mercy, and it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It matters who you're clinging to and where you're going. That's the hope of Easter. And we're keeping score. I'm better than this person. Listen, I haven't done that. Or I've done this. There's no hope for me. Your sins are boring to God. He's seen it all. And his mercy is so much bigger. You haven't even begun to find the end of his mercy, and you never will. Don't let that keep you away. The lock on the door was their fear. Their fear of what other people would do to them. Would they be the next to be crucified? What's the lock on your door? What is the lock on your heart? If you're willing, Jesus will blow through that just like he did that day. Because public opinion couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't stop him. The temple leaders couldn't stop him. The cross couldn't stop him. The whips couldn't stop him. Evil couldn't stop him. Death couldn't stop him. Satan couldn't stop him. The grave and the rock couldn't stop him. And no locked door or locked heart can stop him if you're willing to let him through. Now, Jesus is all about walking into places that we don't want him. Want him. Want him. Be honest with your questions. But be honest enough, and I know I'm talking to some here. God has talked to your heart. Not because Tom is speaking, but because the word of God and the spirit of God is speaking to you. And you know, you know your heart's been locked on Friday. And he's calling you to to Sunday. You know you've been living a normal life. He's calling you to the resurrection life. You know that the way that things are going are just breaking down and breaking down and breaking down. And he's calling you to the new creation, to the new kingdom, to a new humanity. Thomas said, yes, he loves you. This is your day. This is your day to say yes, to rise. Or things could just go back to normal. And that would be tragic in light of the fact that he's offering us resurrection, never-ending, overcoming life. Where's it all going? Let's close uh, the end of the passage, the end of the chapter. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. Verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, that's resurrection life, in his name. That includes you. Jesus, um, at the end of this, after Thomas cried out, my Lord, my God, in verse 29, Jesus prays for us. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus prays for you and for me. He longs to bless us if we'll just believe. And as he reveals himself, as he reveals himself, he draws us into this life. And we grow in our affection for him and for each other and for the people who are far from him and the people who are poor and all of this stuff. And we die in our affections to the things that will destroy us. You know, if you've been hanging around church for a long time, you might have heard, The lie that it's about behavioral modification. Stop doing this. Do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do this long enough. That's not the message of the cross. That's not the message of Jesus. The message is come to me. Be forgiven and set free. Receive my life. And as you behold me, as you fall more and more in love with me, as I am with you, I'm going to give you a hunger for more of me and less of the stuff that's going to destroy you. Because you could fix your whole life and still not have a transformed heart. And that just makes you bitter and looking down on people who haven't done so good a job as you. Or you look at that list and say, I can never do it, I'm giving up. The message of the cross, the message of the empty tomb is, he did it. Come home. Enter into that life. Let him make you new. This is your day. The resurrection of Jesus, God is creating a new world and a new humanity, forgiven and free and at peace. He is inviting you to live in this new creation. Will you come? The resurrection life is waiting. Jesus is calling Skeptics are welcome. Drug addicts are welcome. People who drink too much are welcome. People who've fallen out of love with their spouse are welcome. People who've had abortions are welcome. People who've had divorces are welcome. People who have stolen are welcome. People who have abused others are welcome. People who love Barry Manilow are welcome. People who wear clothes like this are welcome. Computer geeks are welcome. Beautiful people are welcome. People who are living a lie are welcome. People who've been living a religious existence without the reality of Jesus Christ are welcome. People who ignore God are welcome. This resurrection life is for you. You're welcome. I'm welcome. We have a choice. Rise or go back to normal. There's a new normal, and it's really good. It's really God, and it's for you. Let's pray. Lord, Easter is overwhelming. Lord, that you broke into our world, our existence, our presence this morning with the reality of the fact that, Lord, you want to set us free. You want us to be forgiven in you, to rise with you now. And Lord, I I confess with so many of my friends and brothers and sisters that, Lord, we've, we've settled for the old life, the life that leads to Things breaking down, destruction and heartbreak. And you've called us to healing, restoration, forgiveness, renewal right now, right now. Lord, there are many who uh, you've spoken to their heart. They know, just as Thomas knew, you're real, you're real. They can't explain it, but Lord, we can't deny it. And right now, right now, you're calling to, to people's hearts, maybe for the first time, Let me rise in you, become part of the resurrection life. Come to me, come to me. Let's start, let's start. That's your prayer, that's your prayer this morning. In the quietness of this moment, I wanna pray for you. I ask you to just raise your hand to God. Just raise your hand to God. I want the resurrection life. God bless you. God bless you. I want to rise with Christ. I want to know this life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you back there. God bless you. God bless you. We got hands going up all over the place. God bless you right up there. Yes. Lord, I don't want to live Friday. I'm a believer and I've lived on Friday for too long. And I've heard about this resurrection life. And resurrection for me has been the time on my deathbed when I die. Lord, you're promising it now. To know and walk in your risen life, that's what I need. That's what I want. I can't get that anywhere. That's what's missing. I want that. I'm a believer. I want to enter more fully. Just raise your hand to God. just That's your prayer. That's your prayer. Yes, sweetie. God bless you. God, God's going to meet you there. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. All hearts, all, all hearts. Lord, Lord, we believe. Lord, we're the ones that you prayed for, the ones who, who would not see with their eyes, but you've allowed us to see with our hearts and believe this is our day. This is our day. We will rise because you have risen. And Lord, thank you. Thank you. Come in. We confess our sinfulness to you. We thank you that you paid the price on the cross and that you rose again for our salvation. Lord, if we had a million years, it wouldn't be enough to thank and celebrate. But you've given us eternity. And that starts right now. And we'll follow you all the days of our lives in the joy of the resurrection. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We gotta sing. We gotta sing. Some of you gotta change because we got people entering fully into the resurrection life through the waters of baptism. Want you to stay and celebrate that. Let's praise his name. Happy Easter.